The Grow Your Group Show, Episode 1. Giving you the tools you need to recruit more people, raise more money, and change more lives. It's the Grow Your Group Show with your host, Mike Cooney. Hi out there, and thanks for listening. I'm Mike Cooney, and as the man with deep voice said, this is the Grow Your Group Show. First, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash growyourgroup. And uh, the website is mikecooney.net slash growyourgroup. I do blog regularly, and if you want to find updates that uh, that I put out, you can sign up for the free email list right there. Uh, if you like the show and want to support the show, you can do so in two ways. You can do so by doing your Amazon shopping, by entering through my link at mikecooney.net slash Amazon. It doesn't actually add a penny to your purchase, and it really does help us out. Or... You can make a small monthly donation at mikecooney.net slash Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And there are some cool rewards you can get for doing that. We're going to have new cool rewards as we go. Anything you can do to support us helps us going. So I do help. I do thank you in advance. If there's any topic you think I should be covering, you can get a hold of me at info at mikecooney.net. I would love to hear from you. So when I mentioned that I was going to be doing a podcast on Facebook a while back, the topic that kept coming up over and over again was scouting with special needs. How do I help scouts in my pack with disabilities? Where do I find resources? And what do I do about advancement? And on and on and on. There were a lot of questions. And the best person I could think of to answer these and any question you could possibly have on scouting with special needs is Sandy Payne. Uh, I've known Sandy for a while, and she's just great. Uh, Sandy and I sat down and uh, had a great discussion about helping scouts with autism and a wide variety of special needs. Uh, Sandy went over resources available to help units integrate the uh, scouts into their program. We talked about how to scout a, how to start uh, scouting the special needs uh, committee in your council. You really do need to listen to the end of this one. It is it's cool. There's a story that's going to take your breath away. Um, it took mine away, and you know, so even when I listened to it again, I knew it was coming. Sandy has been the chair of the Connecticut Rivers Council Scouting with Special Needs Committee for the past seven years. Uh, she's a licensed practical nurse and has been that for 20 years. Uh, in the last 15 years, she's been involved in scouting, starting as her son's tiger parent. Her son actually got his Eagle Award in 2015, and he's actually on the autism spectrum. So Sandy has experience not only uh, working with scouts with special needs, but as a parent of a scout with special needs. I sat down with Sandy at June Norcross Webster Scout Reservation in Ashford, Connecticut. Um, And you can find all the links to everything we talked about at the episode show notes page at mikecooney.net slash one. Here's my talk with Sandy. I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, Mike, for having me. So you are our first guest on our first show. And we're hoping that, you know, you can only go downhill from here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have my wills ready to go. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Where are, you, where are you from? I'm actually from Niantic, Connecticut right now, which is down on the shore, and uh, have been a nurse for the last 20 years. So how did you decide, I want to be a nurse? How do you decide that? Um, being a little kid, saving all the little animals in the neighborhood. Okay. And nice. your grandmother that, like, patches me up, never yeah. took you to a doctor. Yeah. So, yeah, you need to go to the doctor for that. <laughs> so how did you get into scouting? My son. I had a young son, single parent, and the school says, get him into scouting. Nice. 
And uh, so, so tell us a little about your son, because I think he's awesome, and I hope you agree. <laughs> um, I mostly agree. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, he's he's like anybody's time. child, but yeah. yeah, I absolutely adore my son. Uh, he actually became an Eagle Scout three years ago. He is on the spectrum with autism, uh, moderate. We've had a long run with that, but he's doing absolutely fantastic because we've had a lot of great people involved with him and through scouting. Scouting has been one of the four running programs that really helped his needs. So, I mean, I sort of guess how you get into scouting the special needs as a macro thing, but sort of specifically, how do you get there? I mean, you know, like, did someone say you should do this because you're a nurse and you know things or someone, you know, tapping on the shoulder and... I heard a voice. <laughs> it was actually within our troop when my son was in Boy Scouts um, with our troop and we turned around and we were having some issues. Like many times you turn around and you hear the little things that go on. People don't know how to fit. They don't quite understand it. So our scoutmaster got me in touch with our training person for our district. And he said, oh yeah, I have a few videos and stuff on special needs would you be interested in doing those and taking on like that type of role for the district and i said yeah sure and a month later our district executive tapped me on the shoulder and said how about being our council chair nice and how long have you been doing that uh long seven okay. it's when you first just before you yeah joined us okay very nice um and i know you're also involved with a, with a venture crew Yep, crew eight four eight four five. Or as I used to like to call them, crew quarter nine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard that often. So how did how did, how did that happen? That became about came about with um, the program Lighthouse that works with autism and things like that, and that was one of our first special needs um, adventures. I'm going to call it trying to develop a program for that in the adventure side, mm-hmm. and it's it kind of fell into place and they were willing to sponsor us and it's it's been a work in progress because it's new yeah but it it's still functioning and they're enjoying I think it's a, and things a that are going because the kids do sort of they, they do sort of take the lead on that yeah um which is really fun to watch they've Too been surprised <laughs> yeah. yeah they a lot of the kids coming into the program have never been in that yeah. aspect um they are very protected in some ways sheltered Mm -hmm. so this program really gets them out in the community gets them out into the environment and doing a lot of things that they may never have had that exposure nice so it's sort of getting to some more specifics Uh, what is autism autism they're actually calling it you used to hear like ppd and different you know asperger's all of that they now call it asd autism spectrum disorder okay um and that's a lot of processing it's actually one of the neurological things that we see and kids have sensory issues social issues so they don't fit in Mm -hmm. they're awkward a lot of times their physical age does not match what their developmental mental age is Mm -hmm. so you may see somebody who's 13 but they're still thinking and processing things on a younger level so it's a hard fit sometimes and the social avenue doesn't fit so what are some things that a unit can do to sort of bring these kids in and sort of get them the help they need sort of you know well basics as scouting with special needs you can actually and it's not only people on the spectrum sure it's physical 
emotional. There's a whole listing. Mm -hmm. The first documentation I would recommend somebody going to or pulling up would be the Guide to Advancement, Section 10. Okay. That is kind of like our Bible. Right. We'll, to we'll, we'll link to that on the show notes page so, we can, so people can find that easy. So, yeah, so you can find that easy. So if slash one, you'll find all the notes for this. So. Um, but when you go in there, you turn around and... So helping with that, a lot of times there is now at the national website, and we'll get more links for that, mm -hmm. um, they have information on how to support groups, how scoutmasters, and they have actual videos on training and stuff. Mm -hmm. You can use that. You can also contact your council, see if they have a special needs group, sure, and see if they can come in and help you with that. A lot of us come in, I know I go into different troops, packs, anywhere to do training. We can design it however you need to support what you want because we don't want to call somebody out. Yeah. But we can do an overall, you know, soup to nuts. Yeah. Type of deal. But you know, there's I know like there's some basics that I know. It's going to go to keep them away from loud noises and stay in a schedule and sort of some things like that. Yeah, to help the kids, yeah. making sure that they understand what's going on. Scheduling is a fine line. Scheduling, staying on schedule is great. Yep. Great little antidote. You turn around and say the troop meeting ends at 8 o'clock. Yep. Let me tell you, the kid was on the spectrum disorder, 8 o'clock, not 8.01, 8 o'clock, they'll be telling you, it's time to go, and they're out the door. So you use things like... Well, that's handy. <laughs> it is, um, but if you still have a couple minutes to go, yeah. it's not helpful. So you use things like... After the Scoutmaster's Minute, mm -hmm. you know, because that, you know, for your specific troop, you may use that to end your meeting. Yeah. That's the last thing. So you use those type of guidelines. Okay, not, as, not as a clock thing. but as Not a, as a clock, but as a guide. Then, yeah. So it's kind of more like the, the program, what your plan is. Getting the information out to parents a little bit ahead of time, saying this is what's upcoming. This is going to be a little different than our normal, because when you break their routine, yeah. they don't like that. So letting them know that ahead of time. Giving them a chance if they're going to be doing something that they don't excel at, um, that they feel uncomfortable or awkward about. Giving it to them in pieces and letting them work on that and practice it ahead of time. So working them into it. And a lot of it is just giving them time, talking to the parents, knowing what's going on. Sensory issues, um, like where we, we have a camp that blows off the cannon yeah, yeah. at flag ceremony. And I tell your troops that you do that so if they have somebody on the spectrum that they either expect it and can deal with it or let them step back a little bit yeah. and stay within the guise of scouting to deep leadership and all of that. Yeah. But to be able to build that little barrier. Nice. So what are some things you can do to help a blind scout in your unit? A blind scout, um, they have a lot of the books in Braille. They have, and this would apply to anybody across the board, they mm -hmm. also have a lot of them online now. Mm -hmm. Lending libraries where you can get stuff in larger fonts. Because somebody, when you say blind, they yeah, may there's, see... There's a range. There's a big range there, like a lot of things. So larger font, using the different colors. When you're talking to them, get a good understanding of where they're at. A lot of times they're very self-sufficient and don't need a lot of assistance. So you just, you talk to them and use your uh, disabilities merit badge pamphlet. That has a lot of great information in it on how to help work with that. The resources are out there, it's just trying to find them. Nice. And the same thing would go for, for kids who are deaf and then the hearing impaired. Yeah, deaf, hearing impaired. Um, one thing some people aren't aware of, 
you talk to somebody and they seem to hear you okay, but when you all of a sudden find out they're deaf and in school, they have an FM receiver. So that is specifically to them and it amplifies the noise. It's like us plugging in our headphones. There's actually, there's actually an iPhone app you can get. Is that there? I Very my cool. ears clog up in the spring that actually works as a hearing aid. And it's a little tinny, but it's pretty good. Um, you know, until my antihistamines kick in. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, cognitive disability, there's a lot there. So, cognitive disability, we're looking at what is their true developmental. Mm-hmm. So, finding out and de- designing a program that meets their needs. Sure. You, that one requires a little more work, a little more effort, understanding, and it may require keeping them. At a certain age level, so if that child has been kept back a few years, so you could find yourself with a thirteen-year-old Cub Scout. Yes, thirteen-year-old yeah. Cub Scout because he's staying with his friends in his group where yeah. he truly belongs. Yeah, the age where he is, yeah. Versus because of his his birth age, moving him up to where he should be. So whose call is that? That's actually the family, and the family needs to contact the Scouting with Special Needs. Sometimes it goes to your Advancement Department. Um, it depends on your counsel and how they handle it. Nice. The next one I, is Downs. Um, when I was a scout, we had, um, a, I'll say a scout, because I think he was probably 20, 25 in that range, with Downs. And he was one of us. And we would give him a hard time, but nobody else would. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of funny stories about him. Um, you know, things that, that he would do, but he was our guy and sort of he just was one of us um and I, that that helped sort of demystify that um and the one is in maine we had a down scout who was 45 and i get to be there for his uh for the, his last merit badge was he was talking um about his communication merit badge did his speech about his special olympics basketball team and we talked about the other team being losers um <laughs> kind of laugh from the room but yeah, just and the things he knew, he was like a, he, he knew the Red Sox, knew the Boston Red Sox as a savant. Um, you know, I could list off players from the 60s, he would give me batting averages. It was just amazing. But sort of what are some things you would look for in, in working with kids with Down? Down syndrome, again, like you pointed out, your troop, age bracket, he was in his 20s. Yeah. So that was age appropriate for him, yeah. and he fit in wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And understanding and working and being comfortable with that I think acceptance overall and that covers all the categories Um, sort of getting to be around and sort of builds the acceptance just because he's one of the guys Down syndrome one of the caveats to that they can have a lot of other issues going on Um, some of them heart related other things so you need to be aware of those and what works and what doesn't work and those type of things but it, it's fantastic seeing everybody there. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the fun thing was the senior patrol leader, the, the, the scoutmaster of the troop was his younger brother. The senior patrol leader was his nephew. And they worked right with him. And, you know, it was, you know, actually, he's, it's good to go visit them because his his uh, younger brother, the scoutmaster, owned a, you know, a uh, auto repair shop. So I'd go and hang out with the grandmother and the whole family just great scouting family the next one on the list that he gave me was emotional and behavioral disorder which I think terrifies people yeah one of the things you can think of that I can come up with off the top of my head is what we call like um, obsessive compulsive disorder 
OCD. Mm-hmm. Somebody who has to do something, you know, like I have to touch the doorknob every time I leave. Those are things you look at, and if you don't know the person has that, mm-hmm. it's not like they're wearing a sign, so to speak. Yeah. You know, those are things that you really are difficult to learn about. People don't want to discuss it. Yeah. Families don't want to let that information out. Tourette's would be one. Um, obsessive defiant disorder. Yeah, that, one, that was the one there. That one can be very difficult yeah. for people because they think the person's being defiant intentionally and yeah. being disrespectful. And all the things that go against the scout law. Yeah, it gets, it, it gets, it gets the under your skin. Right very away. quickly yeah and if the family and that hasn't been broached yeah and well, they how, don't how important is you know really is, is to working with families working with families is key yeah with all of these i think with all of them and having families you know like you talked about yeah. the young man yeah. with down syndrome the family was involved and being the scoutmaster, yeah. being this being that so having family involvement and it doesn't have to be mom or dad because yeah. sometimes having special a child with special needs you're tired. Oh, it's a full-time job. Yeah, it's, it's full-time plus. So having other people involved from the family yeah, or somebody also, who's yeah. very close. Yeah, neighbors even. Yeah, so, so. You know, that, that tends to to bond. I have a quick little story on this. Sure. We have um, one of the camps I went into with my troop for mm, probably four years running straight. Mm-hmm. First year, I was introduced to this young man who was on the spectrum at the time. They called it P- PDD didn't really say hi didn't say much hadn't advanced much but there was another young man in the troop who actually went into the field yeah he was just a natural at it they were close they helped each other out and within the four years we wound up having this young man coded um the other scout coded that's (laughs) we we dropped a word there we dropped a word there i'll get into coding in a minute we'll go back there (laughs) but um watching him going down the zip line yeah. and doing the cope course and this other young man coaching him and supporting him and helping him get over those fears was unbelievable and a few years after that i got to go to his eagle court nice. of honor and that was the yeah, best day moments. yeah there's a bunch yeah. of those i mean i'm almost like you know oh yeah yeah, I'm, I'm, so, yeah the next one is physically disabled and i'm going to cut you off because i get an awesome story about physical disabled it's in northern maine it's at Camp Roosevelt in Eddington, um, which is mostly just a big rock with some woods on it. <laughs> um, it's actually their, their big attraction is, is, is a mountain that they have uh, called Black Cap. But there was a young man in a wheelchair, and his scoutmasters decided he should go do the flying squirrel. And he wanted to do the flying squirrel. So they were going to get him up there, but the cope course isn't on a flat road. It's this gravelly incline, which is, you know, feels like a 45-degree angle. So these two... Uh, you know, two two scoutmasters are pushing for all they can do to get this kid, this young man from Millinocket, Maine, up this hill. And it took him a good 20 minutes to get up there. And when they finally get him up there, they, they, the coke course opened just for him. And they hooked him in and uh, pulled him up in the air. And he started screaming, bloody murder. You could probably hear him from, you probably hear him from here. Um, <laughs> and then he got down and he, you know, and then the, the goose, that was great! Um, and he, just, he talked about it for the whole rest of the week. But just the people who went you know, above and beyond to make sure this kid would have that you know, experience. experience. I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about that. Just the, you know, the amount of love it takes to push someone in a heavy electric wheelchair up that great a hill to make sure he could have that experience is just, I mean, it, you know, it's jaw-dropping. 
I mean, that's, you know, other things for physically disabled in our camps have, you know, a lot of camps have, you know, are required to have, you know, ramps and things like that. Right. And even when they don't, the people make it work. Um, like after having watched that, you know, pretty much anywhere is wheelchair accessible if you, if you want it bad enough. Yep. And another one, we, you know, we both have a mutual friend, uh, traumatic brain injury. So what sort of things would you, how, how would that be? That one, I think the first thing I can say about it is the family is so heavily involved. Yeah. And that really proves our point right there. Um, but he has stayed in scouting. He mm -hmm. has been, the scouting has been his backbone. Yeah. And his drive and the way the troop and the friends have gathered around him to support him. Yeah. I think brought him through the initial injury and developed so much. Definitely that's somebody I would look at having coded so they can continue that experience. Yeah. And coding is a process that allows a scout to stay in scouting as a youth beyond the age of eligibility. So how do you code someone? You would want to find the application. It's a two-page application, and it's called Coding Beyond the Age of Eligibility. Mm -hmm. And you start processing that. It requires um, six fields. First thing is a letter from the family, a letter from the scoutmaster, doc doctor's notes, documentation, your scout medical form, mm -hmm. and those type of things that give you all the information about what it is, what yeah. what makes this a special need, and, and that they cannot complete the program within the time frame because there's a lot of, of ease built into it yep. naturally in the time. So you want to take and do that paperwork, and you can also, for schools, IEPs, yeah. um, which are the individual education plans that schools do, um, you can attach that too. A lot of times that can be very daunting, but it's getting the paperwork together, submitting it in to counsel to the appropriate person. Mm -hmm. Each council does have their own way of doing that. Yep. What it is is finding out who that is that you need to hand that paperwork off to. Sure. And... You know, you can contact your council, find out if they have a scouting with special needs. Most of the time it needs to go to your advancement chair. Yeah. So that would be the best place to start. And then, you know, I think, I think one of the things that with scouting is, that we're talking, is we need, you know, a thousand more Sandy Paynes out there. If somebody wanted to get started, you know, starting their own council scouting with special needs committee or, or in the district level, how would you suggest they go about doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Very cautious. Only, only one Sandy Payne <laughs> that we know about. <laughs> if there's anybody else, please contact me. I'd love to find my uh, duplicate uh, or my twin. <laughs> the way you start about it, obviously you have a passion for it. You're involved in scouting. And even if you're not involved mm -hmm. in scouting, you can become involved. It's very You don't have to have a child. Sure. But you want to go to your council and find out what they have in place. Usually it's a contact of you can say to the scouting executive yeah. and they'll farm it out to where it is appropriate. Yeah. Sort of, you know, it's like having gold walk through the door. So, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> just say, what do you have? Yeah, you know, have. what do you have in place? Are there any books that people could read? How to, you know, the documents you need for coding yep. and those type of things. There's also a very, it's a 150 page manual. Um, that goes through every possible diagnosis out there sure. that falls under this and gives you a lot of supportive information. Um, obviously, those things are being updated on a fairly frequent base. We now have um, 
over the last three years, the National Scouting with Special Needs, they can call themselves DAC, um, okay. Disabilities Awareness Committee. Sure. They have actually been an authorized, they've been accepted by National, so they're actually being able now to have a lot more effect on the policies and nice. clarifying and refining Section 10 in the Guide to Advancement, merit badges, supports, and all those things. And they do keep the site fairly updated. And uh, Tony May is the um, chair for that committee. He's done, they all have done a fantastic job. I had the privilege of meeting them several years ago when I flew to Chicago oh, yeah. to yeah. take in. Um, I saw the, I think you got the phone call from yeah. me. I'm like, I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had advertised they were having a special needs yeah. training. Yeah. And off I went. Nice. Thank you, Sandy, for being our first guest and really for everything you do and uh, getting to watch these victories, which are, you know, just the coolest things. Um, actually get to speak to somebody just outside, to speak to a scoutmaster from Taffield, you know, Craig Staggs, uh, yeah. who apparently we're meeting with once a month and uh, the stuff that they're getting to do. I have a great <laughs> story about that troop. Okay, well, we'll, get that. We'll, we'll finish on that. The best story, I was teaching a merit badge, first aid uh, merit badge, for his troop, and they have a young man who's in a wheelchair. Sure. He just transferred over there. Craig calls me like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to incorporate this. And I wound up coming in doing the first aid merit badge. And one of the thing is transports. How mm -hmm. do you transport somebody from yeah. fires, those type of things? So we're outside, we're going through all of that. And the young man looks at me and he goes, how do I get out or do you leave me behind? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of one of those moments and I loved the answer. Yeah. I said, we don't leave anybody behind. Yeah. <laughs> we had metal poles okay. and we actually could fit them through the spokes on the wheelchair. Oh, okay. Put the brakes on, you had somebody behind them yeah. and you do the front and back so it doesn't, Dun cantilever doesn't go backwards because yeah. you're now carrying them. Well, we're carrying him around like this. And he's like the pharaoh up on, he's loving it. And he has done such great things in scouting and has faced some real challenges since then. And it's been great to watch him grow. And I think everybody just really is happy with watching him and enjoying him. Nice. It is, it's a fantastic place to be. So, thank you so much for being with us, and we may have, have you again back to get more questions because I think this is sort of sort of tip of the iceberg. Um, like no matter how many times you go over it, there's always more. So thank you very much, and uh, my pleasure, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Group Show. Visit MikeCooney.net to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time.